Hi, it's really great to have you with us. I'm Rob Porter, my wife Heather and I have the amazing privilege of being the senior pastors at Kingdom Culture Church in Burpengary, Queensland. We have an incredible preaching team and I hope that this message will encourage and bless you as you listen. sweeping the hazards for the elderly. You didn't get that, Anna. You didn't get that, I did though. Please take your seats. Welcome, welcome. Um, My name's Rob Porter and and, uh, I have the privilege of leading this church with um, my wife Heather here and um, it's just so good to see you all this morning. What a celebration, eh? What a wonderful time of year to celebrate the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And um, we never want to forget the, the reason why we're doing what we're doing. Amen? Amen. Amen. I love this title, Joyful. And uh, Jesus brought joy to the world. And um, I just want to talk a little bit about, about this subject. Um, you know, life is full of expectations, isn't it? Sometimes we settle for lower expectations in order to avoid disappointment. Uh, sometimes some of us go after the great expectations in life with, sometimes we have the attitude of, if not this year, then maybe next year that people have got that great. But there are expectations and then there's reality and unreality. And I found a few memes that really underline the truth of this. So... We're going to put up the first meme here. <laughs> Expectation, reality. This was me in England when it snowed. We used to pray for snow every Christmas, and we knew that Jesus was with us for the next year if it snowed. But that's what it really is, a filthy little snowman. And then the next one, thank you. Yeah, we lived in China for a couple of years, and we went to see the Great Wall, and this is our expectation, and... This was the reality. <laughs> and then the last one is very topical. Summer, t- <laughs> summer 2021 expectations. <laughs> Glowing face and the summer reality. Mask tan. So how was your 2021? How does... Good. Oh, great. I don't need to go any further. It was a- Whoa. Um, how does what you experience measure up to what you expected? That's what I t- want to talk about, our expectations, you know. Um, in the early 1970s, when I was a teenager, nearly, um, a company called Rowley brought out a new bike design that every red-blooded 10-year-old just had to have. And we'll put a picture of that. There it is. Wow. I know. The Rally Chopper in lime green. And... This is what I asked for, to be sitting under the Christmas tree, that beautiful, heart-pumping Christmas of 1971. And this is what I got. Kaplunk. Now, forgive me, but cycling up to the prettiest girl in the school on your new lime green rally chopper, skidding to a halt of her in front of her is much more impressive than walking up 
and pulling a box from your backpack and saying, hey, beautiful, do you fancy a game of Kaplunk? It just doesn't quite have the same... Uh... I eventually did get the bike. I know. Expectations fulfilled. It got stolen. But the idiot who stole it drove it, rode it to school and I saw it in the bike shed and I said, I think that's my bike. There you go. So I've survived 60 Christmases. That's an awful lot of Christmas cheer and about 45 kilometres of wrapping paper. And I have a serious love-hate relationship with Christmases. In my head, I have a 1950s, 1960s idealised Christmas, especially around food. I'm a chef by trade. Uh, You know the one, I walk into the dining room carrying the perfectly bronzed turkey with the little white chef's hats on the end of the legs. Um, Everyone is sitting around the table looking at me adoringly as I carve slice after plumptuous slice of turkey. We devour that with the Brussels sprouts and the crispy roast potatoes. Then I bring in the Christmas pudding, which I flambe with brandy. Everybody claps with delight. Afterwards, we all collapse in a food coma in the lounge. We watch the Queen's speech and then play silly games and then fight and tease each other mercilessly, just like families do. The truth is that Christmas, weddings, marriage, life, work, children, parents, family, interactions and pandemic dynamics can leave us feeling a little bit, it wasn't meant to be this way every now and then. Anyone relate to that? It wasn't meant to be this way. Now, I'm definitely not an advocate of lower your expectations and you'll never be disappointed because woven through the Bible is a clear message of hope, is a clear message of faith, destiny and satisfaction that is promised to those who put Jesus in the centre of their lives. That's not to say that life can't be horrendously tough at times, with curveballs coming at us from all directions, but what the Bible does so neatly for us is to help us deal with our unreal expectations and to live and grow and prosper in the reality of our everyday lives. And I'd like to read Luke 2, 8 to 15. It says, There were shepherds camping in the neighborhood. They had set night watches over their sheep. Suddenly God's angels stood among them and God's glory blazed around them and they were terrified. The angels said, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and a joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A saviour has just been born in David's town. A saviour who is Messiah and Master. This is what you're to look for. A baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. At once the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in the heavenly heights. Peace to all men and women on earth who please him. And as the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the shepherds talked it over. Let's get over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. And they left running and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger, seeing was believing. They told everyone they met what the angels had said about the child, and all who heard the shepherds were impressed. With the hindsight of 2,000 years, we have a tendency to overlay the Christmas story with a particularly overused Instagram filter. And you can find this filter between Mayfair and Hudson. It's called the unreality filter. 
It smooths out wrinkles, hides the untidy trashed house, has a very unique feature called, we've just been fighting for two hours before this and you wouldn't guess it. That one's really good and it gets used a lot in our family, evidently. Um, The Christmas story, probably more than any of the other stories, is a champion of this thought that it wasn't meant to be this way. And yet we often retell it this way. Jesus, the son of God, born of a virgin, babe sleeping in a major, clinically clean stable, Disney-like animals looking on in wonder, angels belting out the hallelujah chorus, Jesus adored by earthly shepherds, visited by wise kings, all is calm, all is bright. Yet the reality is that the first Christmas story is a patchwork quilt of it wasn't meant to be this way moment. So I want to take a look at a few of the characters in the story. First, we have Mother Mary. It wasn't meant to be this way. First of all, Mother and Mary were not yet meant to be associated terms. She was engaged to marriage. She was probably 14. Having to explain to her future husband, babe, it's not what it looks like. (laughs) It's divine intervention resulting in conception. You know, not only was there the stigma the whiff of infidelity, there was the inconvenience. See, Mary was planning for her wedding, not for a baby. We make a lot of of the first babies. This year we've celebrated and welcomed so many into this church family. May there be many more. You know, and we've all watched the mums with happiness as you've shared your scans, your gender reveals, you've prepared the perfect nursery and you've groaned your way into the services in the last weeks before your delivery. And yet Mary's first baby was delivered under the threat of death. Joseph, Mary and Jesus immediately became refugees in Egypt for three years until jealous King Herod dies. That's like being told you have to go and live in Melbourne for three years straight after your baby's born. I mean, it's just seriously unthinkable. Close the borders. No. Um, <laughs> for Mary, it was meant to, wasn't meant to be this way. Yet she trusted what an angel had said about her. Highly favoured amongst women. And as I was preparing this, this week, I really felt, just to speak to the women of this church and the women that are here today, just to say and re- repeat again to you that you are highly favoured of the Lord. And take that personally. It's time to disregard what circumstances are dictating to you and run again with what God says to be true about you. There was jittery Joseph. It wasn't meant to be this way for him. What do you do when the woman you love and are betrothed to claims she's faithful, yet the evidence says otherwise? It's easy to conclude that this is a false start and I'm going to have to start over again by divorcing Mary. I'm going to distance myself from the problem. But God speaks to Joseph in a dream and says, don't distance yourself from her, but bring her into the center of your world. He goes, Father, it really wasn't meant to be this way. And you can hear the father whisper back, what is in Mary you didn't start? And I don't need your opinion on how to finish it. I just need you to get with the program. What have you avoided this year that needs embracing? Apart from a minor appearance when Jesus is 12, when Mary and Joseph lose Jesus for three days, obviously didn't listen to Danny Silk. 
We never hear from Joseph again. He was a bit part in a major movie. Yet he stood up and gave stability and family security when he thought it wasn't meant to be this way. And I just want to encourage the dads of the house, the husbands, boyfriends, men of the house, let's stand up and give our families security going into 2022. Let's be the men that God has asked us to be. And then we find ourselves in a stinky stable. It wasn't meant to be this way either. Jesus' conception was far from conventional. Surely he could have a home birth with a doula rubbing Mary's back and humming oceans, but <laughs> nope. <laughs> There's not even the indignity of giving birth in the best Western while ordering room service. Nope. No room in the inn. It's a stable birth for the King of Kings. There's a line from the Carol Joy to the World. That's where we sang it today. It says, let every heart prepare him room. Have you been making room for him this year? We've been talking about room makers, but have you been making room for him? If not, let's make room for him now and in this coming year. You see, often our circumstances seem more like a stable than an ordered palace, don't they? Are you smelling the animal poop? Or do you sense the perfume of a newborn saviour? Do you only hear the chaos and noise of the animals in the stable or the Christ child's newborn cry? Are you stuck today in the awareness of a stinky stable or will you find and acknowledge that Jesus is here and he comes to us in the mess of life? Enter the shabby shepherds. Surely it wasn't meant to be this way. Surely a newborn king should have royal visitors first. And yet this pure and perfect Jesus is surrounded in the first instance by the great unwashed. The uneducated, the wanderers. I think it's perfectly fitting that the Lamb of God was first viewed by shepherds who were outsiders. Surely the king of kings would reveal himself first to royalty. But it's kind of ironic that the wise men who were part of a group that had studied the Messiah's coming for centuries, finally stumble across a star. But the Father reveals Jesus to a group of smelly shepherds and says, fear not, go and worship. It was meant to be this way. But in so many ways, it was the perfect snapshot of how Jesus would live his life. Easy access to the disenfranchised, the broken, the unlovely. Easy access to you and me. This is how Jesus lived. This is how Jesus came. And following hard on the heels of the shepherds come the magi, the wise men, the malcontented magi, probably a little disenchanted because the star of promise didn't lead them to a palace but to a stable. They stopped off at Herod's palace because surely a Messiah was to be born amongst pomp and ceremony. In the little town of Bethlehem, that carol, it says, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in you tonight. What do you do, though, when your expectation was a palace, but you end up in a stable? You know, for many of us, 2021, maybe even 2022, is looking more like having all the trappings of a stable than a royal residence. It's hard to smell the roses when there's cows bellowing in your ear. Yet these kings didn't hold back. They gave their best. And I love this thought that they didn't reassess the situation. You know, clearly... This kid is of common birth. Let's just leave him some bonds, baby grows, and a year's supply of pampers. Now they brought him what was rightfully his, their very best. 
gold, frankincense, myrrh, gifts fit for a king. I just want to ask you, are you still giving your best to him? Or have you dropped into life is mediocre? And that's what I'll get, he'll get from me, mediocrity. See, when the Messiah returned, all of Israel had been prepared for a vengeful, angry God who would deal with Jewish slackers and atomize and wipe out the Gentile scum and all of Israel's enemies. But what Israel got was joyful Jesus, the bringer of joy. That scripture you read says, don't be afraid, I'm here to announce a great and joyful event. That is meant for everybody worldwide. A saviour has just been born in David's town. A saviour who is Messiah and master. You know, it wasn't meant to be this way. The Messiah saviour was supposed to come back for a people who had proved themselves worthy of his love. What they got was a joyful Jesus who spoke about and lived a life that said God is love. And he wants to return your world upside down, cleanse you from your sin, put you back in right relationship with the Father. It wasn't meant to be this way. This can't be the Son of God. He's not angry enough. He's giving people second chances when we've written them off. Jesus came to erase all the misconceptions that you and I have around God. He's not angry with you. He doesn't hate you. He's not against you. Jesus was God in skin. Henry David Thoreau was an author, and he wanted to write a book about, or a story about what it would be like to view the world through the eyes of a frog. So he jumped in a pond and put his water up to there and looked at the world. And we laugh at that and think, why would earth would you do that? I don't know why you would do that. But the truth is that Jesus immersed himself in humanity so that he could look through the eyes of a man and see how men and women and children suffered, how they perceived life and how they saw life and how they lived life. And that's why today we can truly rejoice that Jesus has come not just to um, be some sort of God who's up there, high and mighty, but actually God down here. Jesus is Lord, Jesus who wants to save us from our sin, who wants to release us from the problems that we face and give us a new start. Jesus immersed himself in the humanity. He experienced every pain and heartache that we experience. If you want to know how God loves, look at Jesus. If you want to know how God feels about people, look at Jesus. If you want to know how God looks at the people, looks at people, have a look at the company that Jesus sought out, people like you and me. Jesus came with a new message. It is meant to be this way. And you can find me in the imperfection of your current situation. Let's stand to our feet and we'll get the band up. Thank you. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's message. Our hope is that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If not, we'd like to invite you to begin your journey with him today. When we read scripture, we see that sin separates us from God, but that our relationship with God is restored by salvation through Jesus Christ. This happens because God gave Jesus his son to die in our place, to deal with the sin problem, and he rose again so that we can have eternal life with him. If we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, we can know salvation today. If you're ready to do that and turn from a life of sin, then pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, 
I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Saviour. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time today, we would love to know and reach out to you and support you. So please contact us at hello at kingdomculturechurch.com.au.